This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon joined by Sean Anderson and today we are coming in to the show with some pretty shocking news coming out of North Dakota State for the Bison. Something that I don't think any of us really were expecting to happen and that is relating to Jabril Cox who is announcing that he is entering the transfer portal. So Sean, you and I had made speculation of hey, maybe Jabril Cox could decide to declare early, but he's making this decision to leave and go play up at a bigger FBS program. I don't know about you, Sean, but I was pretty shocked. Hey, Joe, do you know what the Daddy Buffalo says to his kid when he transfers schools? What? Bye, son. (laughs) I hope you know you probably just pissed off so many... North Dakota State fans <laughs> with that comment. <laughs> because North Dakota State fans right now are upset. Are, I'm not upset, but they're probably oh, still shocked and a little bit disenfranchised by their best defensive player leaving, and you just drop that that on them. Thanks. Well, I'm sure that really help, helps them. I think with these types of transfers, you're upset for a little bit because – He's an instrumental part of your team and defense, and he's a leader. But you're also happy for him getting the opportunity to showcase his talents on a bigger stage. So I think true North Dakota State fans understand how the system works and that Jabril Cox is still going to be an FCS representative uh, at the FBS level and uh, eventually at the professional level. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt and and just – hope that Cox gets uh, a shot to prove himself and and prove how talented he was and and prove all the colleges that didn't recruit him right out of high school wrong you know that's that's a big statement to say hey you know he transferred up here and look at all the damage he did in North Dakota State now he's going to be going on to the next level so for reference he had 92 tackles this past season to go along with five and a half sacks as well as nine and a half tackles for loss. He was really all over the place for that North Dakota State defense. And if you're wondering about what his announcement was, the message that he posted on his Twitter was, Dear NDSU, first and foremost, I want to thank NDSU and Coach Enns for giving me the opportunity to get an education and play the game I love. I'm extremely grateful for all of my past and present coaches, teammates, North Dakota State administration, and Bison fans for all the f- support over the past four years while at NDSU and after 
three national titles. I know that I have put my heart and soul into the success of this football program as well as my education. I learned to not only be a great football player, but also a great man. One of the goals I set for myself was to play football at the Division I FBS level. By entering the graduate transfer portal, I have the opportunity to explore that dream. I'm looking forward to what this next opportunity holds and hope all of you will support me in this next step and throughout my career. I just think the the one thing that's really odd about this is it's so late. Like there were a lot of big name FCS guys that transferred up and declared a while ago and he waited until March midway through almost spring ball. Well, Joe, with our previous experience, players can transfer up to the FBS level at any time. Yeah. And you could be the one that's driving them to practice because he's a couple <laughs> houses down. And then one day he says, you know, Slappy, I'm not, I'm not coming in today. I, I'm like, okay, all right, you, you're you not coming in today. And it's the middle of spring ball. And now me, his backup is getting every single rep <laughs> in spring ball. <laughs> so it, it, you can – I mean, these guys transfer anytime. It, yeah. I, I expect – I mean, there's going to be other transfers that come later on in the year. It, it, it's something that you can never let surprise you. So I you're wasn't not gonna, surprised. Uh, you're not going to explain who, who you were just referencing? You're not going to say um, who it was? No. Nah. It's not like you're revealing anything. Eh, nah, it's still a little behind. So the other piece of news that we have is certainly not as groundbreaking. And I, I Sean didn't react the way that I did to it. But there have been rumors and also relative announcements about Indiana State saying that they're going to rebrand, get a new logo. And then they also would be changing their football uniforms, if I'm correct, because that goes along with the new the new logo. So they released a helmet. With the new Indiana State logo, if you're not familiar with the old Sycamores logo, it's very iconic, pretty much branded from Larry Bird in his time when he was at Indiana State, and that's how it is so well known. They're completely changing it. They're going for more of a linear approach with an eye in it. I think it's very modern. I think it looks pretty cool. You're still not going to beat out the old look, but I think that they, they're doing the right thing in in upgrading the design. Sean, you you disagree with me? I don't care for this. I, I, I like the straight-up sycamores on the side. I, I mean, the outline of Indiana as a state alone is uh, forgettable. <laughs> uh, yeah, you the could, way that you they, could put the Michigan State outline in there, and we probably wouldn't even notice the difference. I mean, it, <laughs> for all the negatives of Rhode Island – they were tampering with a Rhode Island state border outline, and it looked pretty cool. Wait, Indiana's really? stinks. Ah, that's a little hard. No, it stinks. I'm going to stand by it. The eye in the middle, at least they're trying something. But the nice cursive, not, you know, the nice smooth cursive sycamores across the side was sweet. This is well, just, eh, you know, white bread. Stale white bread. Well, we don't have any Indiana State listeners, I don't think. So I don't think you're going to be ruffling any feathers. So today's show, we have yet another NFL draft spotlight. Our next guy was yet another NFL Combine participant. And that was the leading tackler from the FCS, the 
monster in the middle for Montana, Mr. Dante Olson, the man with the big hops. So we're going to play that inter- interview for you. So take a listen. FCS football players don't always get the same respect as prospects coming from the SEC and the Big 12. But as we know, the FCS is still a goldmine for hidden talent. Players like Carson Wentz and Darius Leonard had immediate impacts their first years in the league. This year in 2020, who will be the next FCS stud to turn into an NFL star? This is the FCS Draft Spotlight, part of the Believe in FCS Football podcast with Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. FCS players have varying reasons for their motivation. What pushes them to become the domineering players that they are? Montana linebacker Dante Olson has been the best linebacker at the FCS level for the last two seasons. What motivated him to become such a hard-hitting tackler was just trying to prove everyone wrong. It's just always been been a motivation for me, I guess, is, is to, to prove, prove people wrong and Obviously, it's uh, it's it's just always been a dream of mine and a, and a goal of mine, and it's it's always, I guess, been motivation to just work as hard as I can every single day. At this point, you've likely noticed the reoccurring trend from the best players in this year's FCS draft class. A lot of them took a little bit longer than others to develop into the athletic freaks that they are now. Olson was no different, and that was a key reason why he was only offered by two FCS schools coming out of high school. Coming in as a freshman, I was like 5'6", 135 pounds. And then my senior year, you know, graduating, I was probably 6'2", or 6'3", and 205 pounds. You know, I guess God does everything for a reason. Coming out of high school, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer, undersized. Proving people wrong isn't the only thing keeping Olsen's motor running. His love for the game plays into it as well, especially because of the way football has impacted his life. Growing up as a kid, I always, you know, wanted it's a, it's always been a goal and kind of one of those things in the back of my mind that, you know, if it's if it's God's will to keep playing, then then I'm all for it. You know, it's definitely a dream. You know, it's definitely the love of the game. Um, I I wouldn't be where I'm at or, or who I am without the game. That's for sure. And, it's just, you know, I love the camaraderie between the the teammates and, and the coaching staff that, that we have, especially at Montana. And, you know, football's just always been a part of my life. Olsen maintains a commanding presence in the middle of Montana's defense. He tracks ball carriers all over the field, unlike anyone else in college football as a whole. His tackling numbers sound embellished because he makes so many plays game in and game out. Just in this season alone, he's tallied 165 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and an interception. In his career at Montana, he has over 380 tackles. That all starts with his attitude. Nice pocket. Mayer intercepted Dante Olsen with the pick. You know, our our linebacker coach preaches every day to to just – no matter what happens, you know, you're going to make mistakes. And, and this goes from the top down. So the head coach, and they've just done a, done a good job of instilling it in, into all of our guys. But 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 be, you know, tenacious and, and never give up on something, never give up on a play. You know, like I said, you're going to make a mistake, but it's how you make up for it with, with the effort um, that you're going through it. There's a lot of big names in the NFL that Olsen seeks to model his game after. 
from what he sees that the stars in the big league do on the field helps him notice what he needs to work on. You know, there's a lot of guys um, in the NFL and past NFL guys. And, you know, being able to watch film on, on some of those guys like like uh, Luke Keekley and, you know, Bobby Wagner and Ray Lewis, it's, it's, always, it's always cool to, to see how successful those guys have been. There's a, there's a lot of things you have to do at linebacker to, to be good and be successful. Every every part of my game can improve. The things that you take pride in, like getting off blocks, making tackles, have good man eyes when you're a man, and ha- have good zone drops. I guess every aspect of the game is important, and it's always something that you need to, to improve on. Being a standout student athlete makes focusing on academics very complicated. With so much time in a season dedicated to practice, film, and lifting, it's hard to have the time and energy to put a lot of effort in the classroom. Olsen is proof, however, that if you work hard on the field and in class, you can excel at both. With a 3.91 GPA as a business management major, Olsen earned a spot on the COSIDA Academic All-American Division I football team, as well as recognition for being a 2019 National Football Foundation Scholar-Athlete. Additionally, nominations for the Stats, FCS Doris Robinson Scholar Athlete Award, and the William V. Campbell Trophy. You know, it's just been instilled by me or into me by my parents and family from a young age. No matter what you're doing, you know, do it to the best of your ability. So in the classroom, just always striving for to be, you know, as good as you can be and, and work as hard as you can. And, you know, the grades will the grades will come with that. You know, time management is something that we all have to learn, especially you know, being on our by ourselves for for the first time, but that's that's the biggest thing is, is time management and whatever you're doing, just be focused on it and do it as well as you can. Olson's incredible career will be capped off with an invitation to the East West Shrine Game. You know, it's awesome. It, it, that was super humbling. Um, it's it's something that it, it it's a it's a, it's an incredible honor that people you know recognize you enough to to go play in a game like that and. It's awesome to, to you know, it, it's super humbling, I guess. It's the only way I can describe it, to, to get that opportunity to be in front of, you know, different scouts and, and be coached by different NFL coaches and be, be with, you know, a lot of different talented guys. Olsen impacted the Montana defense for multiple years, and now he has a shot to do the same for an NFL franchise. Up next, we talk to one of the best sack artists in the FCS. So an incredible interview that we got to hear from Dante Olson. Very busy guy, I will admit, and not easy to get a hold of in the middle of a semester during the playoffs because, if you don't know, he's very studious, very, very smart guy, and he kind of touched on that and his his uh, academic focus. But one of the things that tends to be a bit of a reoccurring trend with all of these guys, we've had three guys now that have said that they've been late bloomers, Jeremy Chin, Adam Troutman, and now Dante Olson. So they hit their growth spurt a little bit later on, and frankly, now these FCS programs have benefited. So it seems like that really is a, a reoccurring trend for these NFL draft prospects that come out of these FCS schools. It's just getting these names out to the public more. I, it, during the combine and, and during um, the eventual draft, it, it's nice to hear Rich Eisen saying, Montana, the Grizz, and then a, uh, whoever was with him who uh, would throw in a, a nice little Daniel Jeremiah. Don't Daniel Jeremiah. DJ. DJ is my guy. Think he could beat DJ in a fight? Who? Me? Yeah, you. No, he's huge. Mm. 
I've seen him in person. He's gigantic. Do you think I could? Uh, probably not. No, because you're not athletic. Oh, that's ridiculous. Or tough. He's, he might oh. be taller than you. How tall is is Jeremiah? Is Daniel Jeremiah really that big? Did he play in the uh, NFL he's like, or something? He's like six five. He was a quarterback coming out of college, and then he went right into scouting. I spelled height wrong. He's a large. He's a very tall man. But Daniel, Jeremiah. I do completely agree with you. I think that for the case of you know Montana, we're so familiar with it, and we're we're always going to say that we're very familiar with it. But the regular college football fan, maybe that's from Texas or Alabama, well, they're not going to know anything about these FCS programs. So it is really nice to see and hear Dante Olsen's name and them talk so highly of him when he had this crazy vertical when he jumped uh, 42 inches. That really helps our case right now. It's just a matter of of getting more publicity. And anything, every FCS player that did something in the top 10 and you're going through that uh leaders list you're seeing a name it's you're getting word association with the player and then you're going to go back and you're going to think about oh you know five years from now oh yeah new uh so-and-so from montana that's where dante olsen went and then it just starts becoming ingrained and ingrained and ingrained which is never a negative unless like oj what (laughs) what did you just say (laughs) well (laughs) I made a pretty bold, a reckless statement, if I may, about it never being a bad thing to have word association with the school or team or player. And then I thought, okay, Sean, how could somebody uh, counter you, which is what I'm constantly thinking when I'm making points, you know, how would they counter this? And then I could just see Peter Mooney talk about, oh, what about OJ? So I wanted to get to it before they did. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Peter Mooney would do that, but I know Sean Blythe would definitely. Somebody would. One of our <laughs> tag you, uh, Joe or uh, oh, oh, Rusty Sean, would think about... Rusty definitely would. <laughs> Rusty would uh, send a gif of like somebody putting a, a hand through a glove, like ah uh, ah uh, uh. I'm like ah oh, okay, Rusty. Uh, that is. I'm gonna clip that. I want that. that. Just the way that you you just said. Oh well, OJ, man, we're off the rails here. In, in terms of talk, I don't know how you could get any more distracted than just turning to OJ. Um, in terms of talking about Dante Olson, he is a very talented linebacker. He racked up a stupid amount of tackles, and I recall them even joking about it. During the broadcast, Daniel Jeremiah's like, "Oh, that's that's not that much." He he had over a hundred tackle tackles in multiple seasons at Montana, and you can see where that production comes from. It's you don't tackle that many or have that many tackles in your career by chance. You don't just happen to be in the right spot and guys run into you and they fall down. You need to be big. You need to be aggressive. You need to have be have quick feet. And he had very good quick feet during the agility drills. He showed that burst and explosiveness during uh, his jumps during the combine. But when you look at the tape, you see a guy that tracks the ball well, has good vision, finds the ball, does not get sucked in very easily. And also, I think the one of the biggest positives from his game is that he is so willing to blitz. Like You're watching him blitz, and he's just coming out 100 miles an hour at the offensive line, complete reckless abandonment, which you don't you don't really always see from from linebackers in college football. Ever, some guys are making these business decisions, but Dante Olson doesn't give a crap. He'll knock the hell out of you, no matter how big you are. He always stays square. Also, I mean, even if he has to to roll and get down to to get a a, 
a ball carrier down. His initial contact is square, which is a really good asset to have. Three-point contact is something you look for from a linebacker. And like you said, to build off what you said about the, the insane amount of tackles that he's accrued in Montana, linebackers especially don't just stumble upon tackles. You have to be in the right spot every time if you want to make that many tackles. And if you watch this film, he is. He's always in the right spot. And if he doesn't make a tackle, it means they're running away from him. So he just has that drive to know where he has to be. Some players, they just go out there and play. Dante Olsen goes out there and and thinks a, a step further into the game of what's coming to him, where do I need to be? Yeah, it really takes a lot of work and knowing where to be to rack up 179 tackles in just a season alone and also have 11 tackles for like that's just a stupid number to even to to even look at there were games where he was well over 15 tackles and that's how you find yourself at 179 the only thing that's really killing him is that we talked about it during the combine show was his 40 time he ran a 4.8 it's not really in that threshold you're looking for you're looking for at least a 4.6 to a four seven five, he's a little bit outside of it, and you can see that a little bit on tape. But because he has good acceleration, because he has good burst, he can go and track and find the ball carrier, and that that really helps him out. So, Sean, we were conjuring up our comps like we usually do. Why don't you share yours first? I like yours. Uh, I went with Brandon Spikes, uh, linebacker uh, for the Bills. He is. Uh, you watch his tape in at, when he was at Florida. You compare it to Dante Olson's. There's a lot of similarities. How they move, how they attack the ball carrier. And they're both bigger on the taller end of linebackers. Spike's only 6'2", but plays uh, like he's about 6'3", 6'4". And I just see a lot of Dante Olson and how he plays. They're square. They're not afraid to boom you. They are tracking the ball when it's in the air. They're not afraid to go cover a wide receiver or a tight end. Very, very similar between the two, especially with their building frame. My pick ended up being Chase Blackburn. And if you don't remember him, he was a linebacker with the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants during their Super Bowl run. I believe he's currently still... Or he might have uh, with the coaching change in Carolina, but he was recently listed as a special teams coordinator uh, with the Carolina Panthers. But he, I think, fills that um, that comp very nicely because Chase Blackburn, bigger linebacker, always has his, had his nose in the ball, very aggressive, was willing to make the big hit, knock the hell out of someone, and you could tell that he enjoyed it. He had that nasty... Um, impact to his game and it was very visible now he wasn't the fastest linebacker but he was consistent and he and he knocked the crap out of people i'd like to double down on yours with a will compton ah i like that one too yeah that's a that's a good another good comp uh thank you we we were trying to the central comp that we're looking for is a bigger linebacker tackles well always has his nose in the football is willing to to make those big hits yep so that is all we have for you today. Before we do our housekeeping, we are going to say that just for the remainder of the offseason, we're likely going to be scaling back just to one show. Yeah, and we're still looking to get you some more fresh content. And as always, if you want us to discuss a team, a player, any of that, 
we're here for you, the listeners, to enjoy what we have. We are supposed to be an outlet uh, as two experts that play the sport uh, to give you an in-depth uh, look into what is really happening, what we think about it. Um, as always, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Sean Anderson uh, Sanderson Radio. There you Joe, go. And at Joe DeLeon. Joe, would you clean us up with the rest of the house? Yes, I will gladly sweep things along. Also, be sure to follow Believe Podcasts at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And also go to Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V.com, to check out our show and a number of other amazing shows. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. We are there. We're also on Art19. Stick around for next week, and we'll be giving you some more FCS football content. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.